is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Steelers tied the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. It felt more like a loss. Joining me now to discuss from DKPittsburghSports.com and the Steelers Radio Network, it's our buddy Dale Lolly. Dale, how are you? What's going on, Adam? Not much, man. Do you agree with that assessment? Did the Steelers feel like it was a loss on Sunday? Oh, they definitely felt like it was a loss. But, you know, I think when you look at it, uh, you know, from the fact that you were up 21-7, to Midway through the fourth quarter, I can see why they would look at that as a loss. On the other hand, you know, if you turn the ball over six times in a game and only force one turnover and you don't lose, I think you should look at that as a win. So <laughs> I think there's, there's two different ways to look at that. I, I don't know if you saw this stat, Adam, but teams that are plus five in a turnover battle, since the Browns came back into the NFL in 1999, teams are 132, four and one when they win the turnover battle by five or more. And the Browns are responsible for two of those losses and now the tie. Yeah, that's typical. It is funny. I know some people say, oh, get rid of the tie. It's terrible. Well, when you turn the ball over six times, you don't deserve to win. When you throw 25 incompletions like the Browns did and you get a field goal block that would have won the game, I don't think you deserve to win either. I thought the tie was an appropriate uh, relegation for yesterday's game, Dale, or for Sunday's yeah, there game. Was, there, there was a whole lot of slop in that game, and, and it didn't all have to do with the weather. I mean, it was just a, a sloppy kind of game, just the way it was, and that's what we're seeing more and more. If you've watched some of the other games in the NFL over the weekend, uh, there was a lot of that uh, because teams just aren't using the preseason uh, to – they're not playing their, their stars in the preseason. Uh, Matthew Stafford threw five picks on Monday night that, I mean, he, he was throwing balls directly to the New York Jets. Um, it just, it was an ugly weekend all the way around. I, I can't say that anybody looked really super good. No, not at all. Dale Lolly joining us here from DKPittsburghSports.com and the Steelers Radio Network. Any reason to worry about Ben's elbow, Dale? No, I don't, I don't see that being an issue. I think as much as anything, uh, they just they want to get Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs as much practice time as possible, uh, and they're and they're you know I, no I mean I I'm not really concerned about it I think uh, as much as anything they want to get uh, Josh Dobbs and Mason Rudolph as much practice time as possible and you know the only way to do that is for Roethlisberger to be a little limited I don't know that this is a, a quote unquote serious uh, injury or if it's hey they're giving Ben an excuse to take a day off of practice because. You know, I mean, anytime he plays a game, uh, there are going to be some bumps and bruises. And I think last year he took some criticism, uh, including from me, for not practicing on Wednesdays a lot of times, especially when he was struggling early in the season. So this kind of gives him that uh, built-in excuse not to do so while also giving uh, you know Josh Dobbs and, and Mason Rudolph some time to get some uh, practice snaps. Dale, I've been talking a lot about Ben Roethlisberger, and of course he's an elite quarterback, and of course he's one of the best in the game. But he's always had his struggles on the road, although not very frequently in Cleveland. Should we look at it as anything other than game one rust? Should we be worried about his performance uh, signifying a decline for his career? No. I mean, the weather was a serious factor in that game in both passing games. 
Uh, you mentioned that the Browns had 25 incomplete. You know, Tyrod Taylor was 15 of 40. Uh, 15 of 40. Uh, at one point, he was 9 for 25. That's, that's uh, what, 45%? Uh, or not even 45, 30, 36%. Um, you know, the, the passing games were where the, the weather really played a factor in that game. And, you know, Roethlisberger's interceptions, uh, other than the, the first one that he threw, uh, were just kind of happenstance. Uh, he, you know, he threw a, a long ball to Antonio Brown, and they weren't on the same page in terms of, you know, their read on that. Now, you could say that's, that could be rust. The other one was Jesse James, uh, you know, a ball bouncing off of his hands. The ball could have been thrown a little bit better, but it wasn't necessarily on Roethlisberger no. in that situation. So, you know, it's just one of those games that that I, I didn't think he was particularly sharp, to, to say the least. I mean, I, I thought he threw some passes uh, that weren't intercepted that were even worse than the interceptions. <laughs> but I thought Tyrod Taylor did as well. I mean, they, they had some balls that were – there were drops. There were there were you know just complete misfires because it was a little bit windy. And as the game went on, it got more and more rainy up there. By the time the fourth quarter came around, it was really coming down pretty well. Dale, I've been accused of trying to be hindsight as twenty twenty guy on You've this been point. Accused of all kinds of stuff. That's true. Most of it correct. I don't think this is. Uh, I understand why James Connors in the game late. Uh, I think he had a. Tremendous performance in the football game. You're riding a hot hand. That being said, I really would have liked to see a little bit more running back by committee. I like Stephen Ridley. I like what he brings to the table. And I'm wondering if maybe you mix him in a little bit, James Conner doesn't fumble. I don't know if that's the case, but I would have liked to see Tomlin save his legs a little bit, knowing that he's going to need James Conner for the long run here. Is he? I don't know. And I don't know that Tomlin knows that. I, I just think that he's shown over the course of his career that he will ride the hot hand. Sure. Um, and, you know, in that weather as well, uh, you know, fumbles become ball security becomes an issue. And as much as I like Stephen Ridley as well, one of the knocks against him in New England was that he would, he would f- a fumbler of, a, of, of some note. I mean, he would lose some fumbles. Uh, so I don't know that I want to put him in that situation uh, in his first game out. And, you know, I, I don't know enough about uh, Jalen Samuels as a running back to put him in that situation. So I don't necessarily have a problem with it. He didn't play every snap. Uh, Connor, Connor was, was spelled at times by, of all people, uh, Ryan Switzer in the backfield. So, you know, I thought they did some good things there. Um, Connor's workload wasn't heavy in the first half. He only had nine carries in the first half. Uh, it was really in the second half where they started, you know, leaning more on him. And, you know, even I think, you know, he had the 31 carries. Uh, I didn't count them up, but I would bet that, that at least 10 of those came after the fumble. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't think he was, uh, you know, overworked to that point when he did have the fumble. Dale, his performance overall, though, certainly, uh, if you exclude the fumble, I mean, just tremendous. Uh, everything that you wanted to see from him, I thought he was good in pass protection, too. Uh, what did you see out of James, and did you see anything that you think he might need to improve on in his first game? Well, I think he can always get better at the pass protection um, aspect of it. And, you know, I think if Le'Veon Bell plays in that game, um, you know, Matt Williamson and I talked about this yesterday on SNR. There's a shameless plug for you. Um, but, you know, people said, well, they didn't, they didn't see any difference between or the Steelers didn't miss Le'Veon Bell in that game. And I think they did from the fact that, uh, you know, you saw Cleveland dropping a lot of guys into, into coverage. 
uh, on on some of those plays. And that you know, Connor. That's why Connor was open on some of those pass plays. Um, Roethlisberger was holding on to the football on some occasions because guys weren't getting necessarily getting open, and that was because Cleveland was dropping so many guys into coverage. If Le'Veon Bell is in there, uh, the Browns don't drop as many guys into coverage. They Good have point. to have at least somebody has to account for Le'Veon Bell in the passing game. You know, on a couple of those catches that James Conner had, there was nobody around him. I guarantee you that doesn't happen to Le'Veon Bell. He might have two guys on him in that situation. So, uh, you know, the fact he's he's a he's a, a a weapon even when he is not being used. And I don't know that James Conner has reached that status yet. In fact, I know he hasn't reached that status yet. Now maybe that changes moving forward. But Cleveland certainly didn't respect him necessarily in the passing game like they would have respected the Le'Veon Bell. So, um, you know, I, I saw a lot of positives out of James Conner. He certainly looked, uh, you know, every bit a featured back, and that's what you wanted to see from him. Uh, but he is, you know, people saying that the Steelers don't need Le'Veon Bell are just fooling themselves. They're whistling past the graveyard. Couldn't agree more. Dale Lally joining us here on the Crowley Show. What's the deal with James Washington? Uh, he's just not ready to go yet. Um, you know, Tomlin insinuated today that perhaps Washington is overthinking things a little bit. And we saw this early on with Troy Palomalo in his career when he couldn't get on the football field. A lot of times rookies overthink things a little bit as opposed to just going out and playing. Um, and, and you see that with, with some guys. Uh, they, they're, they're more cerebral types, and they need to have a full understanding of everything that's going on around them as opposed to just, their job. They want to know everything. And they, and so they, they get caught up in the minutia. And, and I think that's uh, some of that's happening with James Washington. He is a, he's a talent. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He played 11 snaps in the game. Uh, I would also, you know, remind people that Juju Smith played in that game last year against the Browns and did not have a catch in that first mm. game. It's a really good point. Uh, Dale, defensively, they give up a one yard touchdown drive. Oh no. Oh my gosh. That's going to happen. I thought they played really well. The touchdown to Josh Gordon I thought was really good coverage uh, by Cameron Sutton. You'd hope to get the head around, but I I don't know if there's anything you can do there when a guy with biceps the size of me is reaching over you. Uh, That's just a hell of a play made by a hell of a player when he's out there on the field. Uh, I was really encouraged by what I saw most of the time from the Steelers' defense. Yeah, I really liked what I saw on the coverage end of things. I thought Sean Davis looked tremendous at free safety. Uh, looked like he had natural back there, like he'd been doing it all of his life. Uh, took good angles to the football, got guys on the ground when, when they broke the line of scrimmage and he had to make the tackle in the open field. Uh, that was a very encouraging sign because that was a big question mark coming into the season. Would he be able to do that? Uh, now he'll be tested more this week uh, with, with <laughs> Kansas City and its deep passing game coming to town. Uh, but I thought Mike Hilton had a good game. Obviously, T.J. Watt had a good game. I thought Bud Dupree had a good game. You know, I, I thought the defense played very well. Mike Tomlin likened Bud Dupree's game to T.J. Watts, and Watt, of course, had the second-most sacks ever recorded by a Steeler since the merger, so I think that that might be going a step too far, but I thought Bud Dupree did some nice things. He defended a pass the line of scrimmage. He got a sack. I thought he was getting a good push most of the day. I did I did see some encouraging signs from Bud against a player that you really wanted him to take strides against. Yeah, and, and of course the naysayers will say, well, he's supposed to beat an undrafted rookie tackle. Well, okay, you know, you, you say that, and, and, and it's, you know, it's the same people saying, well, he never beats a tackle. Well, he just did. He beat, right. he beat the Cleveland Browns. And he has to, and it's a good I sign. Don't, yeah, I don't care where the guy was drafted at. He's lining up and starting the opener for the Browns 
again, you know, at left tackle. <clears throat> that is who Cleveland decided coming out of training camp was their best left tackle. So he just beat a starting left tackle uh, in the league and, and, and did so consistently. So I thought it was a good sign from Bud. Uh, I think the switch of sides for those two guys will make a difference. Uh, you know, talking to T.J. Watt a couple weeks ago about that, he just feels like he has more pass rush moves from that left side, and it certainly showed in this game. Dale Lolly joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, the run defense looks worse statistically because of what Terod Taylor was able to do. Uh, there was one drive where the Browns ran it nine times in a row, um, but other than that, and they were fine. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna give up a drive sometimes in an NFL game. Uh, I thought the run defense looked good. I thought John Bostic looked good. Yeah, I thought the run defense was fine. They gave up uh, 3.3 yards of carry if you take Tyrod Taylor's stats out of the equation. So uh, I think if, if they give up 3.3 yards of carry all season long to opposing running backs, they'll take that all day long. Um, you know, that, that just <clears> – I <throat> thought the guys, you know, played their, their gaps soundly. Uh, Carlos Hyde's a legitimate NFL back. Uh, he averaged two and a half yards of carry in that game on 20, 22 attempts or whatever it was. You know, just I, I thought they were they were pretty good uh, throughout the game. Uh, as you mentioned, they did give up the one drive, and that's going to happen on occasion. Uh, you know, where a team just comes out of the the locker room and you know schemes things up well, and then you adjust again. You adjust to their adjustment. So uh, those kind of things happen. Dale, are you dying? Are you choking? I'm fighting it all of a sudden. I don't know if it's allergies or if it's cold, but, man, it's just all of a sudden the last couple of days here it's been really scratchy throat kind of thing. And then I help you out, of course, by, number one, having you on the radio, and number two, whenever you're trying to take a sip out of what I assume is a get-go, I then ask you to get back on the on the line there. Uh, appreciate yeah, the time, buddy. radio ship from you. That was. It's, it's like when the catcher... Sees the umpire get hit in the face with the mask or vice versa. You got to go buy some time. Walk the ball back out to the yeah. Mm-hmm. Walk the ball back out to the pitcher. Yeah, that I was... tell young kids that all the time. And uh, when the catcher gets hit, the umpire does the same. I you take care of each other, Adam. I I basically did the opposite there, uh, Dale. My apologies. I appreciate the time, my friend, and we'll do it soon. I hope. All right. See you, back. See you, man. Bay was he about to go babe on I think me? He then? was. See you, bet. See you, buddy. Whoa. Dale Lolly. Calling you babe. Yeah, I'm taking this relationship to the next level, huh? Were you ready for that? Oh, I've been ready for that for a long oh, time. That's a great day for you. And Dale and I, we walk into the same establishment all the time at training camp. People expect us to be together. I mean, why not take that next it step? It makes sense. It's 2018. We can be a couple. People have been wanting it for a while. You know what, though? I think people would be putting off by it because it would be a radio guy and a writer getting together. Mm. I think well, I don't think the world's ready for that. Opposites track, though, sometimes. Yes, they do. The heart wants what the heart wants. Mm. Coming up next, I'll tell you which week is the perfect week for Le'Veon Bell's return. It's Crowley Show. It's the Adam Crowley Show. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Some breaking news out of Oakland here in the National Football League. The Raiders and Martavis Bryant are closing in on a one-year deal, according to Tom Pelissario. Thought he got suspended for the season. This story has been mangled from the start. In the offseason, it was reported that Martavis Bryant failed a drug test, and they came out and said, no, he didn't. 
The Raiders came out and said, no, he didn't. Then, just before the start of the season, you find out he did. And now we found out he didn't. All I hope is that Martavis Bryant has got his health in order. And I know that I'm in the minority there. Most people say, oh, he's an idiot. He's a dumbass. What a jackass. What a moron. Come on, man. It's the NFL career versus drugs. Pick one. And it's not that simple when it comes to addiction. And also, I think the National Football League needs to realize what it's suspending players for. Greg Hardy comes in and plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Meanwhile, Martavis Bryant's going to get suspended for a season? Martavis Bryant didn't throw a woman on a bed of guns. He smoked a little reefer. It's ridiculous. In 10 years, we're going to laugh if we're not crying about the way the National Football League looked at marijuana. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Other crap, three stars of the show. And the hottest take of the day coming up in 14 minutes. I want Bell back. I know that probably puts me in the minority in terms of that as well, but James Conner fumbled the football at the end of the game. It cost the Steelers the game. Despite everything good that he did, if he does not fumble that football, the Steelers win. No doubt in my mind. There's also no doubt in my mind that Le'Veon Bell doesn't fumble the football there. And I know Miles Garrett's a beast. I know Miles Garrett got there quickly. I know that James Conner never saw him. Le'Veon Bell's been doing this for a while. Le'Veon Bell's lost three fumbles in his last 800 attempts. So I want him back. But I don't want him back too soon. I've changed my stance on that. I've thought you want him back as soon as possible because he's one of, if not the best, at what he does in the league. But James Conner's more than serviceable, as we saw week one. I want Le'Veon Bell to be healthy down the stretch. Steelers' second-half schedule is a bitch. You've got the Saints. You've got the Panthers. You've got the Patriots. You've got the Jags. You've got Oakland. You've got the Chargers. Oakland on the road ain't going to be no cupcake. I know they just lost last night at home. The Steelers generally don't fly out to the West Coast and perform all that well. Terrell Pryor says hi, by the way, as he's running 93 yards to the house. It makes sense for Le'Veon, too. If he comes back week 11, the Steelers could put a roster exemption on him. Meaning that for two games, he's not on the 53 and he's not getting paid. Which then means, follow me here, he won't count towards an accrued season under the collective bargaining agreement. So Le'Veon Bell would be in the same circumstance all over again next year if he shows up in Week 11. Now, I doubt the Steelers would slap him with that exemption. I don't think they're that petty. I don't think that that's the way that they want to do business. I don't think that that's Art Rooney's M.O. It's not Kevin Colbert's M.O. I don't think Mike Tomlin wants to do it either. But if you're Le'Veon Bell, you can't take that risk. And if I'm the Steelers, I hold it over his head. Hey, man, if you don't show up, we might slap you with that roster exemption. If you don't show up to week 11, we'll smack you with it come week 8. And we won't. I think it can work for both sides. I want a healthy, I want a fresh Le'Veon Bell down the stretch when the Steelers are going to New Orleans and going to Jacksonville and going to Oakland. I want that guy. James Conner's good. Why not have both of them? If you've got them both, you're feeling better about the Steelers' chances. Are you not? Running backs get hurt all the time. James Connors proved it. He got hurt at the end of Pitt. Not just the cancer, but he got hurt. His knee was hurt. 
Last year, James Conner got hurt. Le'Veon Bell gets hurt quite frequently. He's only started a season and ended the same season being healthy a couple of times. So if you can have two very good running backs for the second half of the season, I think you sign up for that. Steelers fans are already ready to flush Le'Veon Bell down the toilet. His name's already in the mud. Le'Veon himself don't need to be there. Le'Veon Bell can help this team in the second half of the year. I think it makes a lot of sense for both sides that he shows up in Week 8. Steelers' offensive line's no joke. We knew that already. They've got a couple all-pros. Marquise Pouncey's a stud. David Castro's a stud, although he's hurt. We'll see where that goes over the course of the week. I think Marcus Gilbert's deserved to go to a couple of Pro Bowls and hasn't, but he's good enough to have. Ramon Foster's a good player, and Alejandro Villanueva, for all but three snaps, I thought on Sunday played very well. They can get by with that unit running the football with anybody. I'm not looking just to get by, though. I'm looking to win the whole damn ship. And to do that, I think you need Le'Veon Bell in some capacity running behind all those good offensive line. What I don't like is that some of the national media and some fans from other cities around the league have said that the Steelers' offensive line did Le'Veon Bell wrong. They looked petty in their celebrations with James Conner. Two things there. Number one, they were excited because their guy from Pitt who survived cancer, who's actually been here, scored a touchdown. You're going to be a little bit excited about that. Your dude scored. You're allowed to go nuts. Number two, so what if they were throwing shade at Le'Veon? I don't think they were, but if they were, I wouldn't have a problem with it. The guy lied to him. Marquise Pouncey thought that Le'Veon Bell was going to show up on Monday last week. Then he was damn sure he was going to show up on Wednesday. He didn't show up either day. If they want to celebrate and they want to rub it in his face a little bit, fine by me. They're human. There have been times where I've had friends who are trying to get into the industry, and you root for them to get into the industry, and then if they get a job, you think, oh, man, I want to be better than them. It's just human nature. Sometimes human nature takes over. I think that's all that happened with the Steelers' offensive lineman celebrating with James Conner on Sunday. We confident in Ben still? I know I'm not. Ben Roethlisberger's red zone percentage with the Steelers the last decade is 15th in terms of touchdowns. Points per game, it's 13th. Ben is not washed. That's the conversation they were having on the station across the street. Is Ben done? Is he still an elite player? It depends on what you mean by elite. Has he ever been in the Rodgers and Brady and Manning and Breeze conversation? I don't think so. I think he's one step below, and that's okay. That's Hall of Fame caliber, but there's a difference between an all-time great and a Hall of Famer. Heinz Ward may one day get in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if it's going to happen. He may one day get in. He's not an all-time great. Jerry Rice, all-time great. Joe Montana, all-time great. Emmett Smith, all-time great. Jerome Bettis, Hall of Famer. There's a difference, and I think that there's a clear line when you look at the numbers over the last decade in terms of teams who put the ball in the end zone, in the red zone, and teams that are mediocre at it. Rodgers' teams aren't mediocre at. Manning's teams never were mediocre at. Brady's, Rodgers, already said him, doesn't matter, not mediocre. 
They punch the ball in the end zone. What I worry about with Ben Roethlisberger is if throughout his career he's inconsistent in that area of the field, you live with it because he can make big plays and put points on the board elsewhere. Well, now I wonder if the turnovers might cost the Steelers. I wonder if he will continue to be average in the red zone but not be able to make the same plays because he doesn't quite have it as much as he used to. Doesn't mean he's not good. Doesn't mean the Steelers still can't win. I think maybe he's more likely to lose games now than win them. Think about the playoff game last year against Jacksonville. Throws for 500 yards. Wow, good Ben, right? Yeah, well, even good Ben can be inconsistent. Two turnovers led directly to 14 points. You're not going to win playoff games when your quarterback spots the other team 14 points. And he did. The red zone numbers aren't getting better. So the turnover numbers need to. I don't believe they will. 412-922-2874. One other thing before we get to the hottest take of the day, other crap in the three stars of the show. Roughing the passer calls are up already through one week in the NFL this year. Al Riveron says the ref got it wrong on the Miles Garrett roughing the passer call in the Steelers game. I wish he had said that they got it wrong with the punt off the face mask of the Brown, but that didn't happen. Aaron Donald was called for crawling into the crotch of Derek Carr in last night's game. And it was a penalty. It should have been a penalty. But I saw people on my Twitter timeline going, oh, it's flag football now. You can't play the game this way anymore. Bunch of namby-pamby snowflake little bitches. Call it every time. Call it every single time when a quarterback gets hit low. Call it every single time when a quarterback gets driven into the dirt. Call it every single time when the helmet gets up around the quarterback's face. Every time. Because I ain't watching Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers isn't there. I'm not watching Seattle, especially now, if Russell Wilson can't play. Why would you watch Detroit if Stafford can't go? Why do you want to watch backup quarterbacks? Over time, if these calls continue to be made, quarterbacks will stay healthier. Bet that. Believe that. So why is it a bad thing? I know that a lot of people tune into the NFL to see hard-nosed defense and collisions and violence. That's all still there. There is nothing more arousing for a fan than when your guy puts their guy on his ass. Believe me, I get that. I'm a Steelers fan. We invented defense, right? Steel Curtain invented defense. But you can still have defense and not break the quarterback in half. And you can still be physical with the quarterback within the rules of the game. You hit him in the midsection, and you don't land on him. You don't drive him into the ground with your full force. I want to see quarterbacks stay healthy. I want to see quarterbacks be successful. If Aaron Donald, who's the best defensive player in the National Football League, walks down the street and smacks you in the face with a sign that says, I'm Aaron Donald, you don't have a clue who he is. You don't. If Jimmy Graham walks down the street, you don't know who he is. If Rob Gronkowski does, you do. But that's because he smells like beer and he's half naked. Most players that walk down the street in the NFL, you would not recognize if they kicked you in the sack. Most people recognize Drew Brees. 
Most people are recognizing Aaron Rodgers. Everyone's recognizing Tom Brady. Everyone's recognizing Jimmy Garoppolo, mainly because he's got a stripper tied to his arm. Sorry, that's not fair. Porn star tied to his arm. But the reason the NFL is as successful as it is is, yes, there's violence, no doubt. But it's because these quarterbacks become megastars. Protect them. Throw the flag. Keep it up. There will be complaining. There will be moaning. There will be screaming. You will be called a mamby-pamby. I will be called soft. But the league's right to do it. Coming up next, the hottest take of the day, in which I eliminate three teams from playoff contention. It's other crap in the three stars of the show. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Enough. I'm putting these back in my pants. They're mine. This is crazy. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh, oh. Everybody was Braden laying on the sarcasm, I think, fairly thickly here. At underscore Adam Crowley on Twitter. Josh Dobbs is elite. Ben is a has-been. Josh <laughs> Dobbs is a first ballot Hall of Famer right now. Ben will be lucky if he ever gets in. You heard it here first. Write it down. It's already written down. It's Twitter. Yes, I understand. I've been hard on Ben. I get it. Eh, Crowley's a Ben hater. Ben's a Hall of Famer. He's a good player. He's not an all-time great. There is a distinction. Caleb tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I'm with you, man. Yeah. Ben just had to be smarter with the ball. It's reminding me of the end of Favre's career, forcing throws he can't make anymore and never just getting to the next play. People want to blame the weather. I've got that a couple of times. Oh, it's raining, man. That's Cleveland. The wind's going sideways. Tyrod Taylor didn't throw four picks. And he's Tyrod Taylor. Let's not give Ben the excuse. Both teams played in it. They turned it over six times. Yeah, the Browns turned it over once. It's not the rain. It's bad decision-making. It's forcing the ball to Antonio Brown with an arm punt. It's forcing the ball to Antonio Brown in triple-flipping coverage. Ben's got to be better. He can't lose games for this team. If he goes out there and throws a couple of picks, they're not good enough defensively yet, I don't think, to get away with it. Against Cleveland, they were good enough to get away with a tie. If Ben Roethlisberger turns the ball over a couple of times against a team like Kansas City, you're done. They always beat the Chiefs. Not with Mahomes. Whole different animal coming in here on Sunday. Whole different challenge. This guy chucks the ball. Alex Smith would protect the ball. Check it down. We're really doing this song again? It's every day with you, Tom, at 640, Kung Fu Fighting. I it's mean, a thing now. I just change it up maybe a little bit. No, it's a good song, man. In fact, the more that you make it clear yeah. to me that it bothers you, the See, more and more I want to play it. I tried to do that subtly and just like kind of get you off of it. You know if you're going to complain about it, then he's going to keep doing it. I don't know any of the See, words other than everybody was kung fu fighting. Whoa. You know, whoa, 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 whoa. 
See, look, watch, watch, follow me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is that all the words there are? Because I actually might be good with it then. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Nailed it. Everybody was fast as lightning. Okay. I think it's those kids were fast as lightning. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And then, oh, 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 I like it there every day. I do. I like the song there. It stays. It's a little much for me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe if I learn the lyrics, I'll be okay with it. Maybe you just haven't heard it enough, Tom. Let's, let's <laughs> no, don't do it again. <laughs> don't do it again. No. Yeah, there you are. Yeah, just let it sink in. Feel oh. it. Yeah, there you go. Just really listen up. to the flutes, too. Are those flutes? Not yet. Those are flutes. Those are flutes. Yeah. Hey, it's Beth Moen on WABC coming at you. Everybody was... Everybody was It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> I've already eliminated three teams from playoff contention this year in the NFL. The Bills. Nate Peterman, 11 for 32 in his NFL career with seven interceptions. Joe Flacco, who couldn't throw it for five yards last year, diced him up with three touchdowns. They were two for 15 on third down, averaged a paltry 3.8 yards per play. They had 153 total yards. The Bills already eliminated from playoff contention. The Lions threw five interceptions against a team that didn't make the playoffs in 2017. Only had 39 rushing yards. And they gave up 49 points at home. And saw Fireman Ed pee all over their crummy stadium. So they're gone. And the Brownies. Their quarterback had 25 incompletions. They missed a game-winning field goal. It was blocked. They couldn't field a punt. They called for a fair catch when they shouldn't have. And the other team threw six turnovers their way. And they couldn't even come anywhere close to a win. The Browns are eliminated. That was the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. It's been 570 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. Sure. It's been 626 days since the Browns have won a football game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Belichick's coaching tree. And instead of going through a hiring process where they think, oh, you're a free thinker. Oh, you're outside the box. Oh, you might have something new to add. Here's a wrinkle here. Here's a wrinkle there. You hire the guy that's standing next to the guy that we all know is great. You know who a good coach was? Yeah. The guy who did yard work for Belichick. That dude really knows football. Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was awesome. It was great. Mm-hmm. The guy who did his landscaping? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Who else is a good coach? Who's the guy who put in his cable. Oh, actually, that guy's better than the one who did the landscaping. Yes. Second star. And tonight's second star of the show, 93.7, the fan. Ba-dum-bum. You know how I said yesterday they were talking about ties? Should they eliminate the tie? They're doing it again. They're doing it again, talking about eliminating ties because 
God forbid the Pittsburgh Steelers, the black and gold, the six-time Super Bowl champions possibly be inconvenienced by the thought of a tie. Oh, give me a friggin' break. Coming up next on the show, we're going to talk about eliminating losses. Yes. Let's just get rid of L's. Every time the Steelers lose, find a way to make sure that you can't. There you go. Should interceptions be outruled in the NFL? Only if Ben throws them. Only if Ben throws them. If you've survived cancer, I don't think you should be allowed to fumble. That's the power of Bowser! First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Beth Moens! It's the Pinky Delivery Touchdown! And she got hangs it out there. In the end. She sounds like an old-timey white dude broadcaster that's a woman in modern day. Trying to broadcast. Like, that's where it comes off. I like, are you at a dinner party with her? And she's like, hey, how you doing? You know, like, no, who talks like that? Just talk to me. Tell me about the game. If you learned, though, that that is her normal voice and she is at dinner parties, they're like, hey, could you please pass the butter for my cord? Like, well, would you be fine with her then? then you can't blame her, then right? Then she's just a creepy human because no one else <laughs> speaks like that either. Like, if she's doing that in, like, regular, hey, could I get a taco <laughs> extra cheese? Who let the dogs out? <laughs> hey, coming at you tomorrow on the Crowley Show, we got Tim Benz. Tim Benz! Tim Benz! Whoa! Hey, it's gonna be a good show! The official vampire of the Crowley Show! This guy sucks blood! Woo! I can't wait! It's gonna be a hot show, everybody! Hi! You guys doing imitations of me? Are you kidding me? No, we're How doing Beth you Bowen! Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing Beth Bowen's This here. is Beth Bowen! Hey! Oh, Beth Bowen's, I hate that chick. Tomorrow, 4 o'clock, less sexism, Crowley Show.